have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. We are followers in training, and this is the Fit Podcast with Tim and Judd. As it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, we are followers in training, training for godliness. I'm Tim. And I'm Judd. And we're just here to say thank you for your support through the first few episodes. I highly encourage you to go to our Facebook page, like and share that page. It's a Fit Podcast. And then on Instagram, we are at fit.podcast. Go ahead and give us a follow there and share that with your friends as you subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on multiple streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, all the streaming services. You go to anchor.fm slash 1timothy4. Obviously, you found us somehow, but that's how you can find us out on all the other platforms. And if you're like the groom at the Mormon wedding and you say, I want more of these, you can stream it on any other platform you want. I mean, download all of them. Keep on going. Uh, but it's not uh, it's not free for us to record these. Uh, it's free for you to listen to, but it's not free for us, the overhead and production costs and stuff. We're not trying to make a living or get rich off of this by any stretch of the means, but we are in ministry, so we don't have money just coming out of our ears. So if you would be so gracious and kind to pray about and consider giving a gift to this uh, podcast, if it's been a blessing to you, it would be a tremendous blessing to us. You can go to our email and contact us at fitpodcasthost at gmail.com and uh, make your donation there. Communicate with us on how to do that. We would greatly appreciate it. I highly encourage you to stay to the end of this episode. I know it's sometimes hard to go through 30 minutes with Tim and Judd. However, I think there's a mic drop moment at the end. So stick around. It's keeping the commission great again. 2.0. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Instead of keeping America great or make America great again, it's keeping the commission great again. Yeah, if y'all didn't get that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't have to point that out. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> some some might be a little slow. but Well, let's get back to the basics today. I think uh, we need to focus a little bit more on fundamentals of our walk with Christ. And, uh, you know, because I've, it's been a big conversation recently in my life of gospel sharing and disciple making. So let's get back to the basics today. You want to kick us off with a prayer? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, Father, for this day, for allowing us to come here and talk about you. God, we ask that this podcast would reach somebody that listens, God, that it would help them uh, in their walk with you. Father, we ask that you'd guide our words that we say today uh, and that would it would all be just to glorify and honor you in your precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In a world full of others, we need more Pauls and Timothys. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because growing up, I played baseball from the time I was old enough to pick up a bat. And uh, there's an expression used that you're probably familiar with, and it's used in a lot of areas, and it's AYOs. You know what AYOs stands for? No. You don't? No. It's all you others. Oh. Yeah. This is so tacky, but you would have the kids that were good (laughs) take the field, and if your coach was really a jerk, he'd say, AYOs hit the bench. And so all you others would (laughs) carry the bat bags and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, in a world full of others, we need more Pauls and Timothys. I think you've got to have people that are dedicated to discipling others in order for those others to pour into others. And it's kind of like a, a chain, you know. Somebody's pouring into me, in turn, I'm pouring into other people. Mm-hmm. It's the others concept. Absolutely. You know? I thought you were going in the direction of fundamentals there. Because when I was thinking about baseball, 
you know, we we always focus more on fundamentals. If you mm-hmm. if you get the fundamentals right, your game is going to be a whole lot better. You're going to be a better athlete. Uh, you're going to be a better player, a, a better teammate. You know, if you get fancy with your, you know, batting stance or, yeah. you know, you try to do some weird Tim Lincecum pitching style. Oh, yeah. You remember Tim yeah. Lincecum? Oh, yeah. Things go kind of wild. But if we got back to the fundamentals, so all you others get back to your fundamentals. That's us, right? Yeah. All you others. So, That's we uh, we saw there's a big difference between our maybe grandparents' generation and our generation mm-hmm. of believers, and uh, probably the most evident difference in evangelism and discipleship would be the tent revival or lack thereof right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So, what are we? Where there's a void between you know probably in our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old your folks are, but mine are pretty young, mm-hmm. and so there's a big void between my grandparents' generation and our generation of what happened to discipleship and evangelism for the last 30 years and where are we going moving forward. And I think there's a big drive to be more focused on discipleship and evangelism, but it's really difficult for somebody. Yesterday, I was talking to somebody uh, who's 72 years old. He said verbatim, or I quote, I'm too old to change my ways to learn how to share the gospel or to invite somebody to church. Mm. This was immediately following, and I'm not trying to say this to toot my own horn. I'm saying this this is real life. I had just invited some folks they, they come to our church and they walk mm-hmm. uh, in the gym during the day. They're not our church members. But I just went to them and said, hey, we're doing this really awesome study on Wednesday night. I'd love to invite you um, It's at this time to this time. This is what you can expect. And they were like, wow, uh, nobody's ever invited us to this church. Wow. We've been coming here for a long time. So that's not a fail on anybody. It's just encouraging to me to you know go around and tell others, to, hey, we should be inviting these people to our church, yeah. you know, w- to these events. Um, so that was uh, the beginning of our gospel conversation. So um, I was able to, from there, kind of a key in and to get to the point of, you know, where they're at in their walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. I've come to find out they're church members somewhere else, which is awesome. They're highly involved. They're great servants. And they're um, discipling others in their families. So it's awesome. And then guess what? They ended up showing up on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And so this man that said he's too old to change his ways said, I'm so proud of you because that's something that I cannot do. And I was like, wait a second. This is actually a better conversation because this is something that you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah through the sure. power, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the encouragement and um, maybe just a little bit of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. To to learn how to share the gospel because it's mm-hmm. kind of intimidating sometimes. And I heard, uh, uh, I know you're a big fan of Robbie Gallaty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Robbie Gallaty. It might not have been, but I was listening to another podcast, and he said, uh, I'm a pastor, and I still get a little bit nervous to share the gospel with yeah. some people. It's nerve-wracking. Yeah, it really is nerve-wracking to share the gospel at times. But then at other times, you know, I've come to find in my own experience, your, your experience might be a little different, but in my experience, mm-hmm. if you know the person well, it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the better you know somebody or the better they know you. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm reaching out to somebody from my BC days, my before Christ days, <laughs> yeah. they're going to look at me and be like, are, are you serious? I know you. You, yeah. you know, like I know, know you. Mm-hmm. 
that would probably be actually it has proven to be the most difficult time to share the gospel but it's still possible it's yeah. still it's still able uh we are still capable to do it and it's funny you bring that up because you remember is it in mark uh where jesus is back in galilee or he's back around the nazareth area and somebody sees him and they've heard about his fame and what he's doing and they're like this is jesus really you know <laughs> what good can come out of nazareth and yeah what he was not respected in his own hometown, mm-hmm. you know, because they're thinking no, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Right. So even Jesus dealt with that same issue. Yeah. And the 12 disciples did too. Yeah. I just want to encourage you as you go out today from the listening to this podcast, whether you're listening to it in the morning, night, whatever, maybe tomorrow at work or tomorrow even at church, there are so many lost people out there. Mm-hmm. There are so many. Last week we talked about being a world changer and celebrating the best gift that we have in our salvation, right? We, we possess the greatest thing in the history of the world, mm-hmm. in the history of mankind, and forever and ever and ever, we possess the best thing in our salvation. So to celebrate that, I really, I don't understand how somebody can't share the gospel uh, because it's just so exciting to me. It just lights me on fire when I get to have that conversa- conversation with somebody. Honestly, sometimes it might not be well received, but I do believe that the you know the word of God does not come back void. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you know if the Holy Spirit's leading me to share the gospel with somebody, I really am you know it just lights me on fire. Mm-hmm. Jesus, even Jesus said this um, that it probably you know this to me sounds like listen. I know it's not easy, but it's very important to do it. He said in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 through 38, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected. That sounds a lot like me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like sheep without a shepherd. Again, like me. <laughs> then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest." So we need more disciples. We need more evangelists. We need more Christians who are going to follow through and abide in Christ, that they are going to go out and share the gospel. And obviously there's been a void because there's a church on every corner and not a whole lot of Christians. Yeah. As we focus on this, as we train to better become equipped to share the gospel, I just want to point out the fact that it is not in church necessarily. What I mean by that is even back when Jesus is walking walking the earth, it, it, the first sign of Jesus as the Messiah, when he reveals himself as the Messiah to um, his disciples and to others that were there, is when he turned water into wine. He didn't gather everyone together at the wedding where he had plenty of opportunity. There was a lot of people at that wedding, yeah. a lot of important people. He didn't stand up and say, watch me turn this water into wine and it'll be the best wine you've ever had. He didn't do that. He quietly went in, and the chosen depicts it as uh, Thomas is the winemaker, mm-hmm. and um, he goes in there, and he, you know, Thomas doubts him a couple of times. So it's just ironic, you know, that Thomas is the doubter, and he goes in, and he asks God, his Father. He says, "Father, you know, are we ready? Are we ready to show the world uh, that I am you? I am your son, and I am the Messiah." Um, and so he turns the water into wine. Everybody's rejoicing and celebrating and, and giving all the credit to the hosts. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the master of ceremonies giving the credits to the hosts and the, the wedding party. And Jesus stands in the background, not gaining any attention. And he just it reaffirms the 12 disciples' knowledge that he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And back up a little bit further, when Jesus is in the 
when when Peter picks you know picks up everything and follows Jesus again, Jesus just poured into Peter. He didn't stand up in front of a huge crowd and be like, Peter, you're coming to follow me. I'm going to prove to you and all of these people how I'm the Messiah. I'm going to fill your boat with fish. Mm-hmm. It was just you know a few men. He focused a lot on that relationship instead of the big audience. He focused on the relationship over programs. I just want to really dig deep into practical ways of sharing the gospel. Terry Lee Cobble said, if community is the goal of church, of you attending a church, of you being a member of a church, of you being a Christian, then you're going to peace out as soon as somebody offends you, as soon as somebody disagrees with you, especially in this world, because there's another church on the next corner that you can go be a member of. And it happens all the time, especially in the small town Bible Belt, right? Mm -hmm. When we are on a mission to share the gospel community happens as a result. Community is not the purpose. We don't create a community, then go share the gospel. We are all on mission to share our testimony, to share what Jesus has done in our life, and that creates community. So we've got the greatest mission in the world, and therefore we can we have the greatest community as a result. So as we focus on how to create that um, how to go out on mission to create that community in, in church on Sunday, I just want to go over a few practical ways to get into a a gospel conversation. Mm -hmm. And with this in mind, we can't be scared. We are reaffirmed in Scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So let's get into some practical ways. How do you get into a gospel conversation? Well, I'm a talker. Apparently I am too this morning. (laughs) Well, I don't think you can really start a podcast if you're not a talker, right? True. So I uh, I love to talk to people, and I love to hear people's stories. And people love to talk about themselves. So if you get them engaged in a conversation to ask them about themselves, where are you from? How many kids do you have? Or do you have kids? Uh, what brought you to this area? Just a total stranger is what I'm talking about. And engaging them in a conversation, being friendly and approaching them. And something that you t- you've said twice already, or hit on twice. One, it's harder to share the gospel with somebody that you know really well. Mm-hmm. Family members are the hardest people to share, in my experience, are the hardest people to share the gospel with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's intimidating. It's You get nervous or whatever the reason is. And so it's easier to share the gospel with somebody that you don't know. I've found that building the courage to do that comes from cultivating a heart for the lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going through this uh, Ray Comfort's Way of the Master program. We've talked about it a little bit, and he nails it, man. I, I think he's he's got it. He's got the market on this idea. And so it's uh, something that I've learned fairly recently within the last two or three years about how to get into that. So you start off being friendly, right, knowing and being intentional about in this conversation, I'm building a relationship with somebody right now, you know, two, three minutes. I can build a relationship with somebody in two to three minutes just from asking them questions about themselves and letting them talk. You know, you've learned about them or whatever, and then you shift it intentionally to a gospel conversation or to you. It's a shift from the things of the world to the things of God. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be intentional and it's got to be pretty smooth. Now, the first few times it's not going to be, Mm -hmm. it's going to be like, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Up and Doug the dog, squirrel, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. out of nowhere. But intentionally changing that conversation from the things of the world to the things of God. So, for example, real quickly, hey, Tim, man, where, you know, or what's your name? 
Tim. Tim. All right, man. Where are you from? Colorado. Awesome. What's the weather like up there? Cold. Really cold? Uh, yeah. Okay. How long have you been around here? Oh, down here have been a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, you know, what brought you down here? Just work. Work? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, man, what's uh, what's your church background? Did you Have you ever been in church? or? No, nah, man. Uh, my parents are atheists. Really? Okay. And so now you see, we just shifted from the things of the world and to the things of God. It was really mm-hmm. smooth. Now, wow, your parents are atheists, man. So have you ever given any thought to the afterlife? Like what happens when you die? Mm, I don't, yeah, sometimes, but I don't even know. That's kind of like complicated to me. Yeah. Well, man, would you, would you uh, answer a few questions? I mean, you, you yeah. got a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> you think you're a good person? <laughs> or would you consider yourself a good person? So I, know, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. With this. Yeah. Um, it's hard to role play yeah. when you know yeah. this feel already. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever told a lie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you go down that and ask three or four of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And people get, they're, they're admitting to you. You're just asking them a question. You're not judging them. You're letting the law do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're letting the law, the Ten Commandments do that. Have you ever lied? Have you ever taken anything? And it's funny to watch people because they'll be like, uh, have you ever lied? Well, yeah, I've lied. Everybody's lied. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but we're not talking about everybody. We're talking about you. Mm-hmm. What would you call somebody that tells a lie? Mm-hmm. Well, a, a sinner. They'll say that, a sinner. Yeah. Well, then you get more specific, and you say, okay, if I told you a lie, what would you call me? Well, a liar. Okay, so you're a liar. I guess so. And you go through that. Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever uh, looked at a, a woman or a man with lust? You know, mm-hmm. uh, God calls that adultery. You've committed Have you ever adultery. hated anybody? Yeah, then you've killed them. You know, yeah. so you go through those few commandments and you say, okay, we've looked at four or five of the Ten Commandments and you've just admitted that you're a lying, adulterous, blasphemer at heart. And so now if you stand before God on Judgment Day, a holy, perfect God, and he judges you according to this, are you going to be innocent or guilty? Well, they've just admitted that they're lawbreakers. And then you go through that and say, okay, if the if the punishment for that is hell and the reward for not doing any of that ever is heaven, where are you going to spend eternity? Well, it's an obvious, it's a rhetorical question. It's hell. And mm-hmm. then you go into that, you, you let them see your brokenness for their lostness. If you're like, well, now what do you think about yourself? You're a rotten scoundrel. You want to make that right? Yeah. Well, you've lost them. You mm-hmm. ask them when they say, well, I guess I'd spend eternity in hell. And you can see their whole, they've kind of been laughing because they've just admitted a lot of their dirty laundry to you, kind of unknowingly, but they just did it. And you ask them, so you'd spend eternity in hell. Man, does that concern you? Well, I guess I've never really thought about it, but yeah, it does. And then you shift it right there, bam, to the gospel. So the gospel is the good news that despite the fact that we're lawbreakers, there was somebody that came and paid the fine that we deserve to pay, that we couldn't pay, but it was on us to have to come up with something and we were hopeless. Mm-hmm. And you go into that. Do you know what Jesus did for you so that you don't have to go to hell? Some people will say yes. Most people in the Bible Belt will be like, yeah, he died on the cross for my sins. But they don't understand the magnitude of that. Mm -hmm. And so you go into that, and you can put it in, and I'm not trying to ramble on, but you can put it in legal terms and and use the courtroom situation that you were guilty of the worst crime you could imagine. And you walk into the courtroom and you say, Judge, that was only one time, but I've been good the rest of my life. It doesn't matter. You've broken the law. The Bible says we've all 
sin. We've all fallen short. But in that courtroom, you're guilty. The hammer has fallen. You've been sentenced to death. And somebody walks in and sits down in your place and says, I'll take the cost. I'll take the fine. I'll Mm -hmm. take the punishment on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And then you explain that uh, repentance and faith and trust in Christ is, you know, you anybody will call on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved, you know, and you, you explain that to them. That's what I try to do, and it seems to work great. And you, it's a really non-confrontational approach because you've started off like we started, where are you from, just real casual conversation. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've made them laugh or you've, you've got them to talk about themselves, and then you swap into the things of God. They know that you genuinely care about them. That's right, yeah. And you'll be shocked at how many people will say, man, it means the world to me that you you stopped me and asked me about that. I mm-hmm. appreciate it. Rarely you'll get somebody that says, I'm not into that sort of thing. And the Bible says you can kind of judge a man's heart by his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so if he continues to justify himself, well, yeah, I've told a lie, but everybody has. Yeah, I've stolen stuff, but everybody has. And if he continues or she continues to justify what they've done and they're not broken for it and you keep going back to it, you can kind of read between the lines and say, okay, this person's not getting it and stay after them until they just run you off and say, I really don't want to talk about this anymore Mm -hmm. because they're under conviction. If they're having to justify themselves that much, Mm -hmm. they're under conviction and they know what they've done is wrong. Like I said, the key is transitioning from that conversation, that worldly conversation into, or I say worldly, but you know, things of the world, Mm -hmm. into the things of God and being intentional about I'm not going to try to build a relationship with this person over weeks and weeks. You know, you've run into them at Walmart. What are the odds you're going to see them again? Mm-hmm. And their eternity could possibly hinge on you being obedient to share the gospel. That's you know? right. So I really appreciate that way, too. And um, I've personally used that method, if you, if you will, if it's a method. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but just, I mean, it's a proven way of, uh, that's a Ray Comfort way mm-hmm. of sharing the gospel. I mean, uh, he's, you know. He's a great evangelist. He is, yeah. I also um, have seen this conversation, you know, that's that's with a stranger. Um, a lot of times with a stranger, instead of uh, the, you know, the, the commandments, the uh, getting into the conversation that way, I've used the, where are you at spiritually? Yeah. It's odd that if you say, hey, can I pray for you? That's a normal thing, right, mm-hmm. among a lot of religions. Yeah. So a lot of people will say yes. Mm-hmm. Most everybody will say yes, even if they're a non-believer. Most people will carry into a conversation if you mention God, but it seems like the division starts and the conviction starts really heavy when you mention Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So for the first couple few minutes, I normally just leave God, church, Baptist, Methodist, you know, anything out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I leave anything out until I get to the point of changing it into that gospel, that God conversation. What do you call it? The things of God. The things Changing of God. Changing from the things of the world to the things of God. Yes. Yeah. And I, so I might get into it like, are you a spiritual person? Generally, if I'm sharing the gospel with somebody at the campus, they know I'm the BSM director. Mm-hmm. So students know, or faculty even knows like, oh, he's, he's going to talk to me about something, you know, mm-hmm. God. from a student perspective to a student or from a faculty member to a faculty member, where are you at spiritually? Like, do you go to church? Do you believe in church? And then get into sharing a personal testimony in like three words and elaborating on each word. If you could summarize your testimony in three words, what would it be? Like before, you know, I'm talking about before Christ, 
your salvation and after Christ. Mm-hmm. Broken, saved, and joyful. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, that'd be like, mine is, you know, wretched. <laughs> you know, I'm not even getting lying. Wretched, heavenly rejoicing after Christ I'm, is joyful. You know, I, I, happiness. Uh, what's it? Uh, my, my wife sings it all the time. Joy, peace, love, happiness, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control. You know, oh, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But, I learned that, too, when I was a kid. It was like a fast, upbeat song. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Yeah, yeah. you go through yeah. it. Yeah. When we look at sharing the gospel, that's with a stranger, and it's effective um, and, and easy. I, I say easy, um, but not lightheartedly. I'm saying if you can go through this a couple few times, you got it. And it is really awesome to be able to affect somebody's life eternal because the harvest is plentiful, just like Jesus said. The next thing is, though, sharing it, getting into those gospel conversations with someone you know, mm-hmm. the hard part. Yeah. And for me, my biggest thing has been not judging anybody, Ooh. not judging them, That's because and not coming off as judging, coming off with pure love. I love you so much that I care for your eternal life, and I just want to have that conversation. I want to be sure that my brother or my aunt or my cousin is going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I am working on trying to get into those conversations with even my grandparents. Yeah. Um, oh, that's hard. Because they know me, obviously, for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I've been honestly praying for somebody else to pour into their life. Really? <laughs> because it's hard, man. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Oh, man. it When I, I witnessed to my grandpa when I was about 14, and we are close. I mean, he was... He was there with it's my mom's dad, and uh, I was. This is a little snippet of my testimony, I guess. I had cancer when I was little, and he was there with me through almost every treatment. You know, he was there before, after, and we're still. I talk to him a few times a week. You know, we're super close, and he is one of the most honest men. He is one of the most caring and sweet men you'll ever meet. If you when you see Andy Griffith, if anybody knows who that is anymore, do you know who Andy Griffith is? That's who I think of when I think of Pawpaw, you know. And mm-hmm. but I was concerned. I had this burden, and I was like, Pawpaw, uh, you know, I don't know if he's saved or not, you know. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Huh? Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Starring Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, that's like my favorite show of all time. But uh, So just a good guy from the world standard, one of the best men you'll ever meet. I mean, hands down. But I was concerned because I knew at, at a young age he didn't really go to church or anything, you know, but he, was, he didn't drink. I've never seen the man drink a drop of alcohol. I've seen him turn it down many times. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't cuss. You know, he's just good dude but none of those things or absence of those things is what makes you a christian and at 14 or 15 i knew that and i was concerned and it took me going to their house like three times i went every time with the intention to ask papa papa are you saved and i couldn't do it like i would get this knot in my stomach and just get sick you know Mm -hmm. and i couldn't do it because i'm thinking what's he going to think of me are we still going to be this close but what i had to, to determine was if it plants a seed. If he gets saved, I'll spend eternity with him in heaven. If I'm too scared to ask him and and get this hammered out and risk him being offended, 
then I could spend eternity separated from him in hell. And, you know, I didn't really have a doubt that he was saved, but I wanted to make sure. And so we're riding down the road. We went to town to pick up hamburgers. And I said, Paul, Paul, I've got to ask you a question. And I started crying. I was 14 or 15 years old. And he looks over at me. He said, what's wrong? I said, you and me have always been extremely close. And I said, I don't know what I would do if I ever lost you. And he said, well, I, I hope to be around for a little while. I said, well, Papa, we're not promised tomorrow, and that's what concerns me. I said, if I was to lose you from earth, would I be able to spend eternity with you in heaven? And he got dead quiet. And I said, do you know? I mean, if, if you didn't wake up tomorrow, do you know that we would see each other again in heaven? I said, because I know I'm going, and I don't want to go without you. And he... He kind of laughed, and I've never seen him this quiet and serious. He said, buddy, I I settled that a long time ago, and yes, he said, I, I am, and mm-hmm. I know it. And so that there was such a peace, and it was like, you know, when you're the first time you jump off a diving board when you're little, and that knot in your stomach, but mm-hmm. when you finally do it, they can't keep you off the diving board, but right. there's a peace and a comfort about it. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. And it's, I prayed for other people to, to pour into him too. You know, I'm like, Lord, we've got so many preachers in the family. Why can't you, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> yeah. you know, this was before I had my call to ministry. And, and so it was, yeah, but that's hard. It's really hard to share with family. Well, I mean, we, we know that Satan does not want uh, us to be saved, right? He does yeah. not want our souls to be going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing that I, through that, you know, to just encourage anyone who gets to that knot in your stomach, you know, Luke chapter 15 says that, you know, the there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons, you know, who don't. Mm-hmm. Just understand that. Pray through that for sure, but know that you're not alone in those scenarios. And while that feeling of nervousness and fear does not come from God, God will carry you through that. Yeah, yeah. and and you think about it this way. If you don't share the gospel with them and you risk nobody ever sharing the gospel with them, you've got everything to lose. Uh, You you do. You've got everything to lose. If you do and they're saved, you've gained everything. That's right. You know, but if you share it with them and they're offended, you're— and this is brash, and this is harsh, you share the gospel with them, you risk two things, them, or three things, them shutting down and being like, I don't want to talk about that, and you move on, them ostracizing you and saying, quit, I'm sick of you throwing that religion thing in my face and cutting you off, or them getting saved. So the two, the last two, you either risk losing them now on earth while they're still alive and maybe one day reconciling and God bringing them to himself, or you risk losing them for eternity. Mm-hmm. For you know, And eternity has a beginning and no end, and our minds can't comprehend that because we, are, we operate on a time schedule. Right. You know, we can't think outside of time. We, right. we just can't. Mm-hmm. So that's what you've got to consider. You either share the gospel and they get saved, and you spend eternity with them you know, around the throne of God, or you share it and they are like, no, I don't ever want to see you again. Well, that's already going to happen in eternity. So you've got to take the chance if yeah. they're not saved. But that, that seed planted, uh, that doesn't mean for forever. I mean, they, they can reject you right then. They can reject the gospel and later down the road be repentant of mm-hmm. that sin. Yeah. 
So That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, I think on that mic drop moment, we will close it out with a word of prayer. And uh, just thank you for listening today. I ask that you share this. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, On Instagram, it's fit.podcast. On Facebook, it's fitpodcast. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas, uh, I think that we've been posting on our story uh, topics of what you want to talk about. Also, you know, give us a review, uh, subscribe, like, share. Uh, you know all the all the things. And we are still looking for support to uh, gather the uh, correct equipment to where we can um, expand this uh, and and produce it a little bit better. But all right, let's close it out in prayer. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your sovereign will over our life, God. We thank you for our salvation most and, and overall everything. God, we thank you for Jesus and the uh, sacrifice that he paid on the cross so, and that debt he paid that, so that we couldn't, but that we have the hope of eternal life. And uh, it just makes my heart warm to know that you love us so much that you want us in heaven with you, God, that you want to live in perfect harmony with us. God, you said that the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. God, I pray today. You you told us to pray for the uh, you know for those to send out workers into this harvest. God, I pray that we are just abiding in your will to go out and to cultivate and to work and uh, in and through our community uh, to for the betterment of the gospel and uh, for to not for the betterment of the gospel to share the gospel. And uh, God, for the betterment of the of the kingdom, God, we again just pray for your guidance and your wisdom and your strength as we um, go out and create disciples and uh, or make disciples and, and share the gospel today. We love you and we praise you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.